super cautious here. How are we doing? Good. We doing good? All right, so I lead youth ministry, so I sometimes have a little extra energy, okay, and I brought some extra energy with me just in case you needed a dose. Uh, so today I'm talking to you about the power of prayer. And so I joined a CrossFit gym about last fall around November because I was like, oh, I love to lift weights, Lord. Yes, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be strong like bull, and this is, this is how I'm going to get down. And so, so in CrossFit, a lot of people think that CrossFitters are a little crazy, right? We're a little intense, and that's okay, and, and there's some truth to that. Uh, but I do love lifting weights, and in CrossFit, we track our progress, right? So if we uh, lift a certain amount or we increase our speed, whatever it was for that exercise, we record it. And so what happens is when you do that exercise again, you see your workout of the day, and if you have improved, you get this little gold star, it means that you have a new personal record. And I am an overachiever. I need gold stars in my life. And so every week I'd be like, okay, I need five more pounds, Lord. I need five more pounds so that I can get a gold star. And so with our coaches, they want us to have new personal records, but they're far more concerned with our ability to do the, the task, right? To have right form. They don't want you to throw out your back. They don't want you to slip and fall. They don't want you to drop the bar on the head. Like they are concerned about your safety. So you always have to have the proper form. And one of those techniques that we use in CrossFit or in weightlifting is called the power position. Anybody heard of the power position? I got one sister over here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So the power position is really just this kind of three-quarter squat, right? It's just like, it's right here, and this is where you jump off from and where you land, right? So, you know, soft knees. And what happens with the power position is it helps you to have more control, more speed, and more power in your lifting. And we as Christians, we have our own power position, and that power position is prayer, right? Prayer is our way of being able to have a little more control, a little more speed, and a little more power in the things that we're doing. And so I thought, well, God, well, well what is prayer, right? Just, just for, for a quick recap, we look at what the scriptures say. <clears throat> and so it says in Psalm 91.15, <clears throat> to the person who holds, this is God talking to the person who holds fast to him and knows his name. In 15 it says, when he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. And then Jesus encourages us in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And if you ask, how often, Charlotte, do I need to be in this power position? The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 to pray without ceasing, right? These are some of the things that the Bible talks about prayer. And so I was like, well, there are a lot of people in the scriptures who prayed, right? Men and women of God who were bold prayers and, and God answered them. But when I said, well, well, God, who's someone that, you know, called out to you in their time of need? Who's someone that um, asked for something and received it? Who prayed without ceasing? I thought of a woman named Hannah. You see, Hannah was barren. She was married to this man named Elkanah. He probably had a little bit of wealth to him, some property, and since she was barren, or I'm assuming since she was barren, Elkanah took on a second wife named Panina. Panina was a little extra. She was always teasing and taunting Hannah and teasing her because she's barren. Every time they would go up to worship, she would, you know, she would just be mean. We don't want to be like Panina, right? And so we're going to find their story in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there um, or a Bible app. And I believe the scriptures are going to be up on the screen. 
And we're going we're gonna to sit in 1 Samuel 1 and 2 for a little bit this morning. <clears throat> and so we read in 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, starting in verse 3, it says, Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hotni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Mm. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. And the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and they went back to their house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. So I always like to do a little story recap, right? So we have Hannah. <clears throat> Hannah's married. She's married to Elkanah. He's also married to Panina. Panina's a little crazy, a little mean, right? They go up to the temple <clears throat> once a year for their annual sacrifice and worship. And on the way there, Panina's being mean. Elkanah's asking her these questions like, oh, honey, why are you so sad? I don't understand what the problem is. And so that's not helping. She's not encouraged by that. So she goes and she's praying and she's pouring out her heart to God. And Eli sees her and he's like, what? You, this ain't a day party, honey. Stop being drunk. And she was like, no, 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 I'm not drunk. It's ain't a day party. I'm just overwhelmed, and I have anxiety, and I'm praying to the Lord, and I'm, and I'm asking him for this child. And so Eli's like, well, well, my bad first. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, may God grant your petition. And so she was like, okay. All right, I feel better. I think I can eat now. And her face was no longer sad. And the scriptures say the next day she went home, and in due time she had a son, and she named him Samuel which means heard of God or God hears. And so when I look at this scripture, when I look at this passage, I think, well, one, the, the power position of prayer gives us control. And I don't mean control like, you know, God, I got this. 
I, you know, this is mine, you, you do other things, right? But the power position gives us control by us taking initiative, right? We take initiative, we see the spiritual problem that's happening or even the physical problem that's happening. And we'll say, you know what, I'm gonna take this to my God. I'm gonna take this to the God who created the sun, moon, and the stars. I'm gonna take this to my God who parted the Red Sea. I'm gonna take this to my God who answered this very same prayer request for a woman named Sarah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take control. It's our way of showing up, right? When we pray, we show up and we say, God, you know, I'm serious. I'm really serious about this thing that I'm asking you for. And it's just like, you know, in fitness, you got to like show up at the gym, right? You want to you exercise, you want to get strong, you got to show up, right? You want to like tighten the waistline, you got to show up at the grocery store, all right? You got to get the almonds and not the ice cream, I have been getting ice cream, it's been two for $5, and I go ahead and get the cake that's $5.99 or $3.99. So <laughs> I'm not showing up and saying the Lord, tell the Lord that I'm serious. Um, but this is what we do. We take initiative and we take control. And the scriptures say that we can take control of our mind, or, or, or we, we are to do that. And the scriptures say that we do that by taking captive of every thought and making it obedient to Jesus. Right? We're taking control and initiative in this. And so Hannah decided, like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with the shame and the embarrassment of being barren. I'm done with crazy behind Panina, always taunting me and teasing me. And I'm done with my husband, actually, because he keep asking me these manipulative questions. And she's like, you know what? No, Elkanah, you are not more to me than 10 sons. Thank you for asking. And as a matter of fact, if I were more to you than 10 sons, you wouldn't have married Panina. Because you just had to have heirs for your inheritance. This is, this is the Bible interpretation according to Shala. So this is, this is what I think she is feeling if she were just a little bit more sinful, a little more sassy like myself, right? And so she's feeling these things, and she's like, you know what? Don't even ask questions that you can't handle the answer to. You know, sometimes we ask these deep theological questions, questions like why. Why is a deep question. You know, sometimes we're like, well, God, why didn't I get that job? Why didn't I get that husband? Why didn't I get that house? Why, 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 why? And sometimes the answer is positive, right? We often say things like, well, one door closes, one door opens. You know, God, God is, you know, he's waiting for the right opportunity. The, a, a better opportunity is in store for you. You just need to wait on the Lord. Those are all good and true answers. I think most of the time, but sometimes the answer to that question is simply, your behind is disobedient. And it's just, that, it's just that simple. You know, I was reading in Ezekiel, and in chapter 8, God is showing Ezekiel the house of Israel, and he's like, look at all of these abominations, all of these things that they're doing in my house. And at the end of chapter 8, he says something to the effect of, and they will cry out loud cries to me, and I will not hear them. And I was like, hold up, time out, Lord. What do you mean you ain't going to hear them? Like, aren't you supposed to hear us when we pray? Like, that's rude. And so I went to um, one, a sister in my church who is a Bible professor. And I was like, Julia, so, so would it be correct to say that if we are disobedient, God may not choose to even hear our prayers, much less answer our prayers? And she was like, yeah, that would... That would be a little accurate there. And I said, well, 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 is that old covenant versus new covenant? Like, did something change? Did something shift here? And then she pointed me to 1 Peter 3, where Peter's admonishing husbands and says, you know what? Husbands, be considerate in the way that you live with your wives, showing them honor. Why? So that your prayers won't be hindered. 
Do you realize that by your behavior and your actions, you can hinder your prayers? That you can get in your own way of your prayers even reaching the throne room of God? That's deep. That's like, oh, I, I need to like, I need to check myself because sometimes we think we're Aladdin and God is this genie. And if we just rub it a couple times, he's going to pop out, call us master and be like, what can I do for you today? Your wish is my command. Or we think we're Eddie Murphy in uh, The Golden Child. I don't know if y'all watched that. But he's like, I want the knife. Please. That is not what's happening here. We have to be mindful of who God is and who we are in light of him. Sometimes God is asking us to do stuff, but we're like, no, God. No, I'm too tired. No, I'm too busy. No, I'm too fearful. No, I'm too insecure. No, I just don't want to. I don't think that's my calling. But then we come to God and expect him to say yes. Right? We can't keep saying no to God and the things that he's asking us to do and then think he's going to feel super moved on our behalf to say yes to us. That doesn't make sense. If you're a parent or an employer, you don't, you, if your kid is like running amok, you're not, oh, baby, you want to go to Disneyland? You want to go here? No, we shut that down. You're lucky if you get dinner tonight, right? That's how we are thinking and feeling. But sometimes we don't always think about God in that manner. And so Hannah was like, you know what, God, I've been obedient. I'm taking this to you and I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. I'm surrendering this situation to you. And I'm asking that you work on my behalf. And so, two, I feel like the power position gives us speed. And when I say speed, I'm thinking about how quickly we move. So in weightlifting, the power position helps us move the bar from down low to up high in whatever position it is. You don't want to, like, linger with the weight because if you do it slowly, it gets real heavy and you ain't going to lift it up. And so when I look at the story of Panina, not Panina, of Hannah, um, I look at her when she prayed, and she's pouring out her heart to God, and then all of a sudden when she's done praying, she's like, I feel better. I think I can eat now. And the scriptures say that her face isn't sad. I imagine her being like, yeah, I'm going to need a six-piece chicken wing, Lord, with some collard greens and some cornbread. Can I get extra mambo sauce on the side, please, and thank you? Right? She was ready to eat. Whenever I feel good, I'm like, I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to eat. Yes, I want dessert too. Thank you. I appreciate that. But when we're praying, it helps us to quickly get to peace, right? We may not always get the answer right away. It said that in due time she conceived, but we have to be able to dig into our power position so that we can really know and understand one God's will and then experience his peace. We can get to peace sooner rather than later because sometimes we like linger. We're like, oh, I got this. I don't really need to pray. Like, I'm good. Like, I can figure all of this out. And then we're wondering why we're anxious and we're vexed all of the time. It's because we haven't really had those good, like, ugly cries. Like, Lord, I need you to move. Like, I'm crying. My nose is snotty. And I'm praying to you because this is what I'm really feeling and what I'm really thinking. And so we have to be able to do that with God. And so she, you know, she prays. God hears her. And then the next year, um, it's time for them to go up to worship. Right, it's time for them to have their annual sacrifice. And so Elkanah says to Hannah, hey, it's time to go. And she's like, you know what? I got it, this newborn son. Let me wean him first, right? Because she already knew the prayer that she had made, that she was going to give up her son. And so she's like, let me wean him first. And in ancient Israel, you usually wean a child somewhere between ages two and four. So we're just going to say around age three, that's how long Hannah had with her son. 
before she took him up and dropped him at the temple to be raised um, by Eli the priest. And so oftentimes I think about this, you know, this kind of story. And I'm like, you know what, she, she was probably waiting for this son for about 10 years, right? There was enough time for her to um, marry Elkanah, to try to get pregnant but not get pregnant, him to get married to Penina, and then for her to have several sons and daughters, right? She'd been waiting for this child for a long time, and she was, she was working up her faith and her courage to be able to actually do what she, was, you know, what she had promised God that she would do. And so she gets, you know, it's time, he's three or he's weaned, and they go up to the temple, and she sees Eli, and the Eli the priest, and she says in verse 26 of chapter 1, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And we worship there, and he worshiped there. You know, Hannah had really, really great faith. Uh, we have baby dedications in my church. Do you guys do baby dedications? Right. So we have baby dedications, and we're saying, you know what, God, I'm going to raise my child in the fear and the knowledge of the Lord. Right. That's my job. I'm, this isn't you know, salvation for my child, but I am making a decision as the adult to raise my child in the fear and knowledge of the Lord. But we're not dropping off those children at, like, Carrie and Aaron's house, saying, here you go. Here's my toddler. Take them. In, in service to restore, that's not happening, right? But this is what Hannah did, right? This is what Hannah did. And what's incredible about Hannah is that she didn't sulk. At least the scriptures doesn't show her sulking. The scriptures don't show her being like, oh, I just gave up my one and only child. Why has the Lord done this to me? That's not what she's doing. So if we look at 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1, 1 through 10, um, it reads, my heart exalts, this is her praying, my heart exalts in the Lord, my horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly, let no arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap to make him sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might shall man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth, and he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. You know, my last point here is that when we lean into the power position of prayer, it gives us power and we recognize power. It gives us power because we're tapped into God. We're tapped into the very God who raises the dead and heals the sick. And we recognize power. We can't help but to praise. We can't help 
but to pray like Hannah who says things like, there is no whole, there's none holy like the Lord. There's no rock like our God. The barren have borne seven, hello, and exalt the horn of his anointed. You know, if you keep reading in 1 Samuel, you'll find that Eli blessed them again, and she had three more sons and two daughters. God had not forgotten her. And so immediately as she leaves her son at the, at the temple, she's praying and she's praising God because she knows where her strength comes from. You know, sometimes we know that when we need to have extra power in our prayer, we pray the word of God. Anybody ever just pray scripture over your challenges and your issues? Right? So sometimes we act like we don't really know the scriptures until it's something that we really, really need or really, really want. And so I think about some of, my, um, some of my single sisters when they're praying for their husband. And all of a sudden, they know every scripture about prayer. They're like, Father God, your scriptures say ask and you shall receive. Your scriptures say that if an evil father knows how to give good gifts to his children, then a good father knows how to give good gifts to his children. The scriptures say that if you delight myself in the Lord, you will give me the desires of my heart. And Lord, my heart desires right now someone who is six foot two and looking like a tall glass of milk chocolate and smoldering eyes. And they're like, oh, oh, that's Shala's husband. My bad. But, Lord, your scriptures say in Ecclesiastes that there's nothing new under the sun. And as Ty Trebet says, if he did it before, you will do it again. Same God right now, same God back then. Amen. Hashtag won't he do it. Hashtag Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Hashtag but God. That's how we start praying. And we just know, and we're just like, yes. But seriously, we have to Make sure that we always understand the importance of prayer. I think that as we grow in our walks with God, as we've been walking with the Lord longer, we sometimes lose sight of how powerful and important prayer is. We start to think, you know, well, God's got me. I don't really need to pray about it. He knows my heart. He knows what I'm thinking about. He knows my needs. He knows I got these bills to pay. He knows I got blah, 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 blah. Instead of saying, you know what, God, I'm, sub- I'm submitting myself to you. I know that you are the one who really is in control, so I'm going to offer up whatever control I got to you. I know that you will help me get to a place of peace faster. The scriptures tell us that when we lay our prayers and petitions before God, that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. So we have to be able to do that. You know, and sometimes I remember this, um, this time when I was at the gym, and they were teaching a new technique or new exercise to me, right? And that was the split jerk. I had never done the split jerk before. So usually you're landing with both of your feet together, but in the split jerk, you land with your feet separate. So I was like, okay, I got this. Like, I'm going to load up my bar. I'm ready to go. And so I, like, launch, and I lift, and I land, and I kind of land a little, like, like this. And so my coach comes to me and she's like, Shala, you are so strong, but your form sucks. And I was like, oh, that's true. Okay. I can feel it wobbling because I knew if I had a little bit more weight, I probably would have just rolled my ankle or just fell on over. But this is what's happening. Like God wants us to learn new things. He wants us to try new techniques, but it requires that we know how to start in the power position and land in the power position. Just like we look at Hannah, Hannah started with prayer in the temple, and she still ends with more prayer. It's a beginning and end kind of thing. It's not a one-time 
thing. And so if you want to grow your spiritual muscles, if you want to be stronger, if you want to have a new personal record in your walk with God in your spiritual life, you have to make sure that you're leaning into the power position. And you have to make sure that you have a coach who's going to be with you, who's going to give you advice and help you see when your form is a little wonky. And you need to be able to work on that. But I, I believe firmly that if we really lean into prayer and the, and the power that prayer brings, we'll be able to have a more, um, more control, more speed, and more power in our walks with God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you uh, this afternoon so grateful for the way that you provide for us for the way that you love us. God, we're thankful for the privilege of prayer. God, we know that uh, you didn't have to give us a method for communicating with you, for building a relationship with you, but you did. And we thank you for that. We thank you that um, you, you desire to hear from us. And God, I pray that if there's anything in us that is disobedient to the thing that you are calling us to do, that you move in us, God, that you help us to make a decision today to repent of that thing so that we can live lives that glorify you and honor you because it's not just about us, it is about your kingdom and the things that will happen when we obey you. So, Father, we thank you so much uh, for this gift, for this prayer time. God, I pray that you be with Restore Church. God, I pray that they're able to impact their community for Jesus Christ, that uh, the members here grow and overflow in love, and that they're um, advancing the gospel here in downtown Silver Spring and abroad. That's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs>